Welcome into the Cougar Tailgate, where BYU fandom lives. Here's your host, Lauren McClain. How's it going, everybody? Lauren McClain here with Cleon Wall, and we're doing what we do best, talking all things BYU Cougars. Here's what's coming up on the show today. Liberty University has looked to BYU and tried to emulate the Cougars as best they could in being a religious school with a relevant football program. We'll discuss what some of our favorite one-of-a-kind mascots are across the country and if we change BYU's mascot if given the opportunity. Plus, Liberty Football's Director of Spiritual Development, Ed Gomes, joins us to talk about how faith plays a part in the Flames' lives on and off the field and how shining shoes is somehow connected. But first, the Arkansas Razorbacks ate BYU's defense for lunch and came back for seconds with 644 yards of total offense. Cleon, let's get it. What were your takeaways from last week's shootout gone wrong? Three takeaways. I will not belabor this issue. The defense needs to get better. Duh. I mean, everyone knows that. Tackling, just poor. Best example I can think of, KJ Jefferson, sacked, almost sacked. Nope. Almost sacked again. Mm. Nope. Almost sacked a third time. Nope. Completes like the a 20 yard. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Whoa. 20 yard pass. First down, they end up going and scoring a, a touchdown. So, yeah, they were hustling, but they were not completing plays. Uh, coverages, I'm not an expert on this, Lauren, so I'm not going to pretend to be one. But a lot of Arkansas guys were wide open. I mean, wide open. I don't think this is all SEC speed. And then pressure on the quarterback. Four-man front didn't do it. I mean, BYU fans have complained about the three-man front. They had a four-man front, from what I noticed, for the majority of that game, with a fifth guy kind of hanging out, spying on K.J. Jefferson. But they didn't need to worry about that because Jefferson just was able to find receivers all over the place. Uh, He looked fantastic in that game. So that's my first takeaway was just the defense. Second, it was fun to see a rushing attack benefit from BYU's passing attack. BYU's passing attack was so, so good in that game. And so it was good to see that the rushing attack actually benefited from that in the second half. It didn't last long, but it was nice to see it for a for brief glimpses watching Chris Brooks play well. Um, so, yeah, may, maybe there's something there, at least uh, on offense. And lastly, uh, I love seeing a sellout at the stadium. I'm glad, I'm glad fans packed the place. I know it, it was probably going to happen because it was Arkansas, and we saw it against Baylor. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend and say, you need to do this every single game. It'd be nice, but I understand. So I'm glad to see that there was a sellout, a fun atmosphere. Fans got into it. Hopefully we see that next year when BYU plays in the Big 12 because there's going to be a lot of big games here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Yeah, I agree with you. The passing attack was the one bright spot because Arkansas had five defensive secondaries out for that game. So, yeah, you got to take advantage of the pass attack. So that was one bright spot. Cleon, SEC team or not, giving up 644 yards of offense is no bueno. BYU personnel and players need to dig deep and get to the core of the defensive issues because I think there are definitely a lot of problems. Kalani is reportedly taking a lot more hands-on approach with schemes and play calling for this game, so I'm interested to see where things go from here, and hopefully it is onward and upward because that's that's definitely the only place you can go from here, is in my opinion. I really love the production out of the Cougar wide receivers like we talked about. It's so nice having Puka Nakua back. That guy... He's incredible. He looked like an NFL wide receiver, I think, in that game against uh, the Razorbacks. He's an instinctive and exciting player to watch. So much talent, and Cody Epps just keeps getting better and better each game. He not only has great catches, but his like, after-catch yardage has been so, so impressive, and uh, I've loved watching that. Keanu Hill, I mean, yeah, he had a pretty solid game, too. Yeah, as, as your number, what, three or four uh-huh. receiver, he, he played well also, and he, he's just gonna, he has a bright career going forward, too. Yeah, I think the the wide receivers are doing well. Whatever is happening 
in the wide receivers room. Let's keep that up. And, you know, despite the loss, Arkansas fans thought BYU was very kind and hospitable, which is something, <laughs> right, Cleon? Oh, man, I saw all over Twitter. They're like, man, we've never come across a fan base that was so kind. We got free ice cream. Uh, so we as BYU fans like being liked. We really do. Uh, I hate to admit it. So at least the Razorbacks had a good experience and got some free ice cream in the meantime. Unless it's playing the University of Utah, then maybe they don't like being liked. But <laughs> yeah. That's different. And also, I'd rather be respected than liked, right? <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's no, yeah. yeah. And hopefully, no, it's good I, to be liked, too. And I think there was. Especially when it comes to your fan base. Yeah. I mean, you can hate the football. You know, you can sit there and cheer and yell against football players and things like that. But I mean, I think respect is better. I think you're right. But I think you want to be liked, too. You want to say, you want people to walk away from Provo saying, you know, that was a really good experience. That may never happen when it comes to Utah and Utah State just because they're in-state rivals. But, I mean, other programs, I think it's great when they walk out of here and they're like, man, I love playing in Provo. It's a beautiful place. The fans are great to us. We want them to walk out of here saying, yeah, that was a great experience. Even if they lose, it's just like, that was a really good experience. We really enjoyed that. I I don't have a problem with that. I'm glad that they liked being here. And I I hope that each team that comes in after that, all the Big 12 teams, I hope they feel the same way. I do, too. And I think BYU actually did like a welcoming party for the team when they came on, when they came like into the locker room in Lavelle Edwards State him getting off the bus and I think that surprised (laughs) them as well they're like huh there was like a bunch of BYU staffers like clapping and saying welcome to BYU welcome to Provo so it's a great thing it is and it all starts with love with Kalani and I think that's a wonderful culture that he's creating all right BYU and Liberty face off for only the second time ever they first met in 2019 in Provo with BYU coming out on top 31 to 24 Baylor Romney was the quarterback through for 262 yards and three touchdowns Matt Bushman Aw, Matt. Such a sad career. <laughs> Could have been so great. And Micah Simon both had 90-plus receiving yards and one touchdown. Micah Simon actually is a former high school quarterback, and he threw Matt Bushman his touchdown pass in that game. Center snap, double throw, Simon downfield, Bushman makes the catch. 15-10, he's going to go in! Touchdown, Matt Bushman! From Micah Simon! Ah, what could have been. Uh, and Aleva Hefel also had a 41-yard catch for a touchdown. Fourth down and two, and BYU goes to pistol. Katoa trails Romney. Now to the left hip of Romney. The hand clap, the belt high snap, the sprint left, the throw to Hefo, the first down and more. 35-30, 25-20, he's gone. 10-5, touchdown, Aleva Hefo on fourth and two. It's a 41-yard score. So that was Liberty's first ever season as an FBS team. They're independent now, but they're joining the Conference USA next fall. The Flames were a very successful team as an FCS team. They won eight Big South Conference championships. And Hugh Freeze, Cleon, is their head coach who coached at Ole Miss from 2012 to 2016. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, I remember Got that. into a little trouble at the NCAA. We they had go fun into teams, that. by the way, at Ole Miss. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. They did. They really had some fun teams at Ole Miss. But, yeah, you yeah, he did some, but, uh, yeah. some bad things there, too. <laughs> well, when you're recruiting. Anyway, yeah, we won't go exactly. into that. He then took the head coaching job at Liberty in 2019. He actually had really high praises for Kalani Satake and BYU and seems to be honored by the Cougars coming to Lynchburg, Virginia for a game. So, Cleon, after hearing or reading about the things Hugh Freeze was saying about BYU and its program, did it change your mind at all about how you are currently feeling about the team? I would say, first of all, coaches are always going to praise their opponent that happens all the time I agree with you but this was like like I'm talking paragraphs and paragraphs of praising BYU saying it was like a a fulfilling a prophecy 
that BYU, because Liberty has been trying to, like we talked about, emulate BYU, that they're coming to Virginia. It just was a lot. So what do you think? Well, yes, but the coaching fraternity, you know, coaches kind of stick up for each other. So I will say that. Yes, there was a a lot of praise going on. Freeze is trying to be nice. On the other hand, like you said, BYU could have been jerks about this whole entire contract and said, hey, Liberty, yeah, we'll play you. Uh, We'll play in your first year, come out to Provo, and we'll play again. And you have to come out to Provo for that game. Or you have to play us in Las Vegas or something like that. Are you referring to a specific team? Maybe not. (laughs) Maybe I am. But anyway, they didn't do that. And they said, yeah, we'll go play out in Lynchburg. And they're a smaller school, as you you just mentioned. They've, They've gone from FCS to FBS. And BYU's like, no, we'll come play out there. You know, they mm-hmm. they were good Joes about it and say, yeah, we, we, we can do that. Both teams were independents, needed games, and the Cougars have fans everywhere across the nation. I wouldn't think that you would not want to go to yeah. Lynchburg, Virginia. Granted, it's not right next to Washington, D.C. It's like three and a half hours away. But you'll you'll see BYU fans in the stands at this game. And I think that's what BYU counts on. We'll play you anywhere because we'll, we know we're that we're probably going to have at least 5,000 fans mm-hmm. in the crowd. And no, that's not, you know, if you're in a 65,000 seat stadium, 5,000 doesn't make a huge difference. But if, you know, in Lynchburg, they probably have like, what, 25, 30,000 seat yeah. stadium. And I bet you there'll be like 5,000 BYU fans there right. or something like that. So I think it's it's pretty easy to go out there and say, yeah, we'll play you there because we'll have fans in the stands too. And we'll get plenty of support. And it just makes BYU look good. It's, it's about the being like thing. If we yeah. want to talk about that, BYU is saying, yes, we want to work out deals here where everyone benefits from this deal, not just us. Right. It's definitely a good PR move. Yes, very much so. Liberty football, as we've talked about, has stated multiple times that they try and emulate BYU's culture and success as a program and as a school. They started talking about that uh, decades ago, that they want to become, for evangelicals, what BYU is to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So, Cleon, what do you think Liberty needs to do to set themselves apart like BYU did earlier on in Lavelle's time with the forward pass and then scheduling tougher opponents to stay nationally relevant like they have in Independence Era? What do you think Liberty specifically needs to do? I think that they need to continue to schedule tough games. And then they actually need to beat some of these teams, too. You know it's not going to happen often, but you have to beat some of these programs every once in a while. This year, their big games are BYU and Arkansas. And and it's good that they're playing these games because the level of competition might be about what they are playing right now. Maybe go down a little bit. Maybe go up a little bit when they go to Conference USA. But it's good that they're getting a conference. But the out-of-conference games, they've got to find teams like a BYU, like an Arkansas. Teams like that where they're going to play every once in a while. And yeah, it may not favor them at all, but they got to beat them every once in a while. They have to come up with something that sets them apart on the field, too. Like Lavelle did with the passing game, they have to figure that out. And I'm going to say they have a good coach to be able to do that mm-hmm. right now. Hugh Freeze is actually pretty innovative when it comes to offense. So I think as long as you keep him around and he doesn't get in trouble again, I think you've got a good setup there where he can make Liberty a a good program in the future. And then I I think after that, then you almost have to do the, you got to go undefeated. And then then everyone's talking about you nationally. And then you can kind of spread your word about not only this is our football team, but this is who we are as a school, too. Yeah. Let's hope it doesn't start with BYU this weekend. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Uh, let's do something fun here. One thing Liberty Football has that BYU does not is a one-of-a-kind mascot. 
The Flames. That is such I a cool name. name. The Flames. Liberty University began in 71 as Lynchburg Baptist College, and in 74, the student body voted to be called The Flames, a name derived from the school's motto, Knowledge of Flame. In 1976, the school's name was changed to Liberty Baptist College, and the school colors were changed from green and gold to red, white, and blue. So in 90, or excuse me, in 85, the school's name was changed to Liberty University, and throughout the years, Flames has remained the nickname for Liberty's athletic team. So in 1980, the Eagle was designated as the new Flames mascot because of the patriotic symbolism connected with the school's name. Cleon, in honor of the Flames, which really is very cool, <laughs> what are some of your favorite weird or one-of-a-kind mascots in college sports? And I, I not not necessarily mascots, but nicknames. Okay, okay. I, I like it when teams or schools tie it into something local yeah, uh, or unique, like the Tulane Green Wave. I just think it's great that they came up with what's it. And by the way, that name was adopted in the 1920 season after a song titled the rolling green wave came through. So they're like, Hey, that's a, that's a good name. So I like the, the rolling green wave or the Tulane green wave. I like the Miami hurricanes. I mean, that just seems fitting to have that. And that's an interesting story behind that. Basically uh, school officials wanted to call them something else, like something of the flora and fauna of Miami. And one of the players said, Nope, we want to be a hurricane just like the hurricane that wiped out our football game last week. Oh my gosh. Uh, Virginia Tech Hokies. You know what? I don't even know what a Hokie is. They have something called a Hokie bird, but actually the name Hokie comes from an 1890s cheer contest. uh, (laughs) And the winning cheer involved the word Hokie. Uh, It's still fun. Weird. Uh, Minnesota Golden Gopher. Minnesota is the Gopher State. Uh, The reason why they're the Golden Gophers is because one season in the 1930s, they wore gold jerseys and gold (laughs) pants, and so they're the Golden Gophers. naturally, they are the Golden Gophers. And by the way, not a fearsome animal, but they kind of leaned leaned into it, and that goes to the next one, the Oregon Ducks. They were called the Webfoots, but then it kind of changed a long time. Ducks are not fearsome. I think they've really leaned into it there, being called the Ducks, and then... I, again, my Pacific Northwest bias, the Oregon State Beavers. Oregon is the Beaver <laughs> State, but the reason why they got the name is because in 1916, the school yearbook was renamed the Beaver, and a, a newspaper columnist liked it and started calling him the Beavers, so they're like, yeah, sure, we'll we're, we're going to be called the Beavers. But on the other hand, there are Beavers in Oregon. There are Ducks yeah, in Oregon. Yeah. These are not fearsome animals, but they really, really lean into it, and I, I like those names. You know what I've noticed is not a lot of thought is put into many of these names. <laughs> They're like, sure, let's do that. Yeah, let, that hey, sounds good. Hey, that's not bad. Let's we don't want to do be that. just the gophers. We want to be the golden gophers. Yeah, yeah let's go with sure, that. Sure, that sounds cool. Let's do that. Going back to the Oregon ducks, um, I have had a pack of ducks try to attack me at times when feeding them bread. So I will say they can be fearsome animals. All right, mine. Here are some of mine. Since they're relevant right now, I'm going to go with the Tennessee Volunteers. And it, they are the Volunteer State. Tennessee is the Volunteer State. And I think that derives from something from World War II. I can't remember. But that just cracks me up because, again, not super fearsome. We are the Volunteers, you know, but the Vols. The Vols sounds cooler. Uh, number two, Nebraska Cornhuskers. And that is very right on the nose, right? For Nebraska, it just fits them so well. Ohio State Buckeyes. Did you know a Buckeye is a nut? I did know that. It's yes. a nut! A buckeye is a nut derived from a, a buckeye tree in Ohio. It's just like fearsome. You are afraid oh of the trees. Oh my gosh, the nut might fall. That on reminds your head. me of Stanford, by the way. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, North Carolina Tar Heels, and that used to be a negative term. I actually thought this was kind of cool. It used to be a negative term, meaning like someone that did kind of a lowly job, right? A Tar Heel, and then uh, Robert E. Lee made it cool by something, some quote that he said. So they are the North Carolina Tar Heels, and then you got the Coastal Carolina. 
Chanticleers. How do you even pronounce that? Yeah, the Chanticleers. I'm going to say Chanticleers. But yeah. I'm from well, the West, so I like the as well, in my name. So. I'm definitely not French either. But uh, <laughs> So it's a rooster, and there's a weird story, so we won't go into it. But All I right. think that's a very, very unique name. Let's go to, if we had the opportunity, Cleon, to rebrand BYU, whether it's colors, it's mascot location, what would you do? What would you change? I don't think I'd ca- change the colors. I like I like the blue. And yes, I will say again, I like the navy. I like the royal. I like white. Still not sure I'm sold on the brown. Uh, maybe a, bla- a little bit of black in there somewhere. I wouldn't change the colors. I wouldn't change the location. I wouldn't even change the uh, the the mission statement. The only thing I'd change is, yes, I know cougars are local here. Yeah. But that's probably what I'd change. I'd change the mascot because I'd want something a little bit more unique like the university of utah has the utes or the purdue purdue has the boilermakers or something like just something a little Mm -hmm. more unique because i already know two universities who already have who are already called cougars washington state and the university of houston so it'd be fun to come up with something that's just a little more unique yeah i agree with you um no to everything for me too but the mascot and truthfully i wouldn't even change that i like the cougar I do. I mean, it's just nostalgic. And like you said, oh, it's it not going to change. It's not going to change. It'll never change. I know this is just And for it fun. is local, yeah. But I wanted to uh, put that out there. I don't want Cougar to change. But if if we had to come up with some alternatives, here are some. Uh, the BYU Canyons. Isn't that kind of cool? What do you think? The BYU Canyons. The Canyons. Come on. They're, they're, they're deep. They're Except for intimidating. You, except for you might be able to drive through them like people drive through BYU's defense. Oh, <laughs> oh that's the, true. All right, let's move on. Um, another one that, uh, listen, my husband was doing this with me. We were very tired. It was late. The BYU t- <laughs> townhomes. Uh, there are a lot of townhomes going up around here. The BYU rentals. That's Some, <laughs> the BYU rentals. Someone tweeted out, we decided to knock down the mountains to build more townhomes. Uh, so, yeah, the BYU townhomes. BYU soda drinkers, BYU proposers, <laughs> a lot of people getting married here. The BYU bubbles. You know how they always say that BYU and Provo is in a bubble of its own? The uh, BYU bubbles. I didn't bubbles. think about that. That's, that's good. BYU yeah, chocolate all, milks. These are really horrible. Yeah, horrible uh, alternatives. Okay, but what here, are some that you here are mine. BYU quaking aspens. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. You know, quaking. Yeah, it's putting not quaking bad. in there would be just like no. The that's quaking not good. aspens. Uh, I like the BYU aspens. Maybe. I don't, uh, BYU profits seems a bit too on the nose for me. <laughs> uh, BYU granites, like the granite in the mountains. Mm. Eh, maybe not. Well. How about just the BYU mountains? I mean, they're intimidating, right? Yeah. Okay, okay, then finally, if I wanted to come up with something that's a little bit different than cougars, how about the BYU mountain lions? I know okay. it's a mouthful. Yeah. Or pumas. And I I double-checked. Are to, there no pumas? Sh- no, no, no. A mountain lion, a cougar, and a puma, all the same thing. Wow. Why would they have three different names for I one animal? I have no idea. <laughs> it's actually kind of, it sounds like, from what I read, it's a regional thing, what you call them in that area. Okay. So a mountain lion and a cougar are the same thing. I, I even, I, I was try, like trying to do a search, are there pumas in Utah? And every time it kept coming up the same thing of pumas, mountain lions, cougars, all the same animal. So, hey, why not the BYU pumas and maybe puma the athletic no, apparel maker. see, that's where I got to cut you off because I am a Nike lover. And if being a Puma would change that, then I'm sorry, Cleon. I'm not saying the shoes or the jerseys, mm. but maybe some more Puma apparel. Well, I like it. It might be a little more hip, too. 
Yeah. So, <laughs> so basically, let's keep the cougars <laughs> at the end of all that. No, but I don't that, know. I kind of like mountain lions. Even yeah, if I it don't is mind a, that. Even if it is a mouthful. No, I don't mind it at all. All right. Coming up, Liberty's Director of Spiritual Development joins us to talk about his role and how faith and football collide. This is Cougar Tailgate. Back to Cougar Tailgate, I'm Lauren McLean with Cleon Wall. Similar to BYU, Liberty University tries to develop athletes into well-rounded, whole people. And as an evangelical university, that includes the spiritual side as well. And joining us now is the guy who tries to keep all the football players in line, Director of Spiritual Development, Dr. Ed Gomes. Ed, thank you so much for coming on with us today. Lauren, uh, I'm excited about being with you in, uh, is it Cleon? Yes, that is correct. All righty, come on. A lot of college football teams have chaplains, Ed, but you were named the Director of Spiritual Development at Liberty University in in 2010. Is that right? Uh, that would have been, no, 2000. Uh, no, let me see. That would have been in 2000. Oh, in 2000. Okay, so you've been, you've been doing this for a really long time. You've been working closely with the football team. What would you say is the difference between a chaplain and the Director of Spiritual Development? Really, uh, no difference. You know, I have many friends who are chaplains in secular universities, and instead of calling them team chaplains, they call them character coaches. So really, uh, the director of spiritual development is basically the team chaplain. I guess that director is a dignified, uh, a dignified term, but really, I'm the team chaplain. Ed, you attended Liberty University when it was known as Lynchburg Baptist College, and you played for the basketball team back in the 70s, and you were really, really good. That was fun looking up your statistics. What made you want to major in youth ministry back when you were still in school? You know what, Lauren? That's a great question. Uh, you know, I do have a couple of uh, uh, statistics, and I'm not sure if they put them on on the on the on the on the on the website. But anyways, I have the most turnovers, and I have the most steals. And somebody said, as many times as I've turned it over, you thought I'd steal it back once in a while. But anyways, uh, so. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a good one. And I can usually tell when someone, <laughs> I like that. When someone asks me, when someone tells me, "Hey, you got statistics," I know who they've been talking to on campus. But that's okay. Uh, what was that question again, Lauren? <laughs> I, I like everything you had to say. I don't. I don't blame you for not remembering the question. I just asked you what made you want to major in youth ministry back when we were still a student playing basketball. You know what, Lauren? Um, there was a program. It's called. Uh, it was called the Awana Club. And the Awana program had a Bible time, a game time, and a scripture memory time. And I was actually going over the memory verses with one of the guys that was that was in my group. And man, Lauren, as clear as day, uh, I've never looked back. It was my sophomore year in college. God made it crystal clear that he wanted me to go into full-time youth ministry. And so at that point, uh, I started preparing uh, to be a youth pastor and have never looked back since. How often do the players actually seek you out for spiritual guidance, or, or how often do you feel prompted to contact someone to help them out? Do you do you have any stories that you could share with us? You know, we have our guys in three groups, high interest, some interest, no interest. High interest are young men who are intentional about their relationship with God and want to make an impact on our football team. Uh, the some interest Guys who would say they're Christians, but they're not intentional about their relationship with God. 
and then the no interest are guys who haven't made a clear decision to accept Christ as their personal Savior. So I would say, uh, Cleon, it's about relationships. Uh, one of the things that, that that's important to me is I want our guys to know that they're loved. You know, sometimes our guys are very private. You know, sometimes our guys, you know, they want to keep everything to themselves. You know, uh, because of the relationship that I have with our coaches, we're on the same page. So sometimes the coach will give me a heads up on, you know, maybe somebody is going through a tough time. Maybe I might get a call from a parent. So there's all kind of different things that uh, I try to do. But I, the, the main thing is being alert, paying attention to what's going on around me. You know, so we all work together. So uh, that happens on a regular basis. I love that. And I know it's important to you to develop the whole person. Whole person development is what you talk about. In what ways do you try and build character for your players on and off the field? Great question. What what makes us unique, uh, Lauren and Cleon, is obviously we have core values and we use the words family, faith, attitude, mental toughness, integrity, love, and you. Those are core values. Those are things that we try to live out every day. But what I get excited about, and this is based on Luke 252, is it's about the whole person. It's not just what you bring academically, or it's not just what you bring athletically. It's not just what you bring socially or spiritually, but we try to look at all four of those. In fact, one day I was praying, God, help me to illustrate this. And he gave me a great illustration of an automobile, four tires, the key, is the right amount of air pressure on each tire. You know, apart from working with the football team, you're an author. And at one time you were doing a shine ministry. Uh, <laughs> are, are you still doing that? And what is that? You know what? As a little kid, uh, Cleon, uh, I, I built a, uh, a portable shine box. And as a kid, I'd go around shining shoes, making some money. But if you, if you, if you were to come to Lynchburg, and your shoes, uh, I don't know side language. And this goes for the ladies too, Alari. I shine <laughs> ladies brown, black, uh, blue shoes. Uh, like I said, I don't know, I don't know side language, but I can tell what a pair of shoes needs a pair of needs some polish. And so, uh, Cleon, if you was if you was here, and your shoes were crying for polish, <laughs> I would tell you to sit down, pull up a chair, sit down. And I would shine your shoes. I have my shoe shine box right in my office. And really what that's all about, uh, Lauren, is uh, earning the right to speak into the lives of others. So I use my shoe shine box to earn the right to speak into the life of our players and coaches. In fact, when Coach Freeze first showed up, man, he had a pair of shoes that needed some serious polish. So I said, Coach, we have them shoes. <laughs> Man, hey, hey, his shoes, uh, Cleon, got, got resurrected, but also <laughs> when I shine someone's shoes, <laughs> when, I, when I shine someone's shoes, I get a chance to give them an evaluation. Hey, I, I mean, his heels were, I mean, his heels, they were, it looked like someone put a, uh, a chop saw on his heels. I said, Coach, you got a good pair of shoes, but man, you need some heels. So anyway, so all it is, it's an opportunity to earn the right to speak into the lives of other people. 
I love that so much. That's such a unique thing to do. And and I'm sorry to tell you, Ed, but Cleon only wears tennis shoes. So I don't know if he's going to need Wait a minute. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> Ed, you were able, you were able to uh, go to the BYU game back in 2019. What was your impressions of BYU and of Provo when you came? You know, when I was a student in 1970, I, 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 I was here 74, 75, and 76. I can see myself, Lawrence, standing on the sidelines, 60,000 people. And I remember the statement that our founder and our former uh, a chancellor of Liberty, Liberty University uh, said uh, many times to us as a student, he said, we want to be what BYU is for the Mormon students. We want to be what Notre Dame is for the Catholics. We want to be what those schools are for evangelicals here at Liberty University. And so as I sat or stood on that sideline, I was reminded of the vision that I found ahead of one day playing a team such as Notre Dame and BYU. And I was in awe. I was, I was, I was blown away that years later, a, a dream, a vision that I found ahead, here we were in your stadium, and we were playing against BYU in football. When I showed up, we played our basketball games in a high school. We didn't have anything. All we had was nothing but trees on this mountain. And then I also remember that, you know, years ago, our founder founded Moral Majority. This was a group of, of Mormons, Catholics, uh, Christians. Uh, this was a group of people that believed in character, in uh, our country. And it was a group of people that came together uh, to make a difference in our country. And I was so encouraged because your university and, and, and folks around the, the country came together to believe in something that, uh, till this day, I think uh, we're seeing the effects of that. So it was a great moment, Lauren. Mm, that's so beautiful. Thank you so much. We're speaking with Liberty University's Director of Spiritual Development, Dr. Ed Gums. Ed, thank you so much for taking the time with us. You're just a phenomenal human being. I love the things that you're doing with Liberty University, and I think it's going to be a phenomenal game. We can't wait for it. Well, hey, listen, it was great to be with you folks. Keep up. Keep doing what you're doing. I love it and wish you all the best. God bless. God bless. Thanks so much. And that does it for us today. Thanks again to Ed Gomes for coming on the show with us. You can join the Cougar Tailgate wherever you get your podcasts on Apple, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, or on BYUradio.org. Cougar Tailgate is a production of BYU Radio.